0: Hi there, and welcome to the Love or Leave the Law podcast with your hosts, Adam Ouellette and Casey
1: Berman. And so it's just like Woody Allen said, it's just getting out there. It's That's right. Life is getting out there.
0: That's right. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, I find the same thing. I think the identity and the financial... It- issues are the two biggest hurdles for lawyers, you know, transitioning from the law and, and both are real and both are, are, I understand, you know, difficult, but it's true. Once you can sort of start to say to yourself, I can still say I'm a lawyer and I am still a lawyer. Um, that really helps with the identity hurdle, which is a big stumbling block for a lot of transitioning lawyers.
1: And I know you when you were at that startup, or I'm, you know, in the work that I am, and other people you work with who are non-lawyers know you're a lawyer. They'll even say to others or themselves, "Oh well, you know, Casey's a lawyer over here, so uh, watch out. He's the adult, yes. or he'll this." And everyone understands. And the great thing is, they don't know what it means to be a lawyer. They just think you went to law school, so you're really smart. You worked at a firm, or you worked somewhere, so you're really smart. You're really uh, on top of things and wow, that person's a lawyer. And it, it actually works to our benefit because you're outside of the, of the, of the, you're not working with a hundred people just like you. Right. You can be kind of the the smartest kid in the room.
0: That's right. I just had this discussion with my literary agent because we were discussing something about my book deal. And I said to him, I can read this contract. I'm a lawyer. And he said, Oh, he, Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Okay. You know? And then he sort of stopped treating me like the, you
1: yeah. know, the writer,
0: understand her own contract.
1: That's right. Oh, that's good. That's funny. Um, okay. So I want to jump uh, ahead to, well, I want to pick up on what you just talked about around um, financial volunteering. You know, you mentioned the book that that leaving the law is sort of a, a job on the side. I fully agree. You know, I see a lot of people that I work with, uh, it's something that they need, it, it becomes job 1.5 or sometimes 2, which can be pretty intimidating because people are so busy as attorneys already. Um, I've got some ideas about how we do that in sort of an incremental way, but what are some tips for attorneys who are bought in, they want to leave, they want to get out, they're feeling sincere, there's no remorse, but they're already working six days a week, if not seven. How, How do they do this?
0: I know, I know. And it is hard. And it, and it does have to be baby steps at first. Um, I understand that not everybody can have the luxury of taking a year sabbatical or even, you know, six months sabbatical. So, you know, that's, that's, that's hard. That's hard to do. And, and so I get that. But here's the thing that people trip up on is you do have time, you do, you have your small amounts of time every week that you are spending on self-soothing, you are online shopping, you are doing other things to mitigate the misery you are in because you are not in the your passion profession, right? right. And so you have to channel that time and that energy mm-hmm. for some finite period of time on a different avenue, on looking for the thing that's going to drive you out of this profession because when you are working on something on the side, for example, like Nathan Sawaya, who is in the book, he is now a, he's a very famous Lego brick artist and he um, was working at Winston Strawn for years. And he's, he's one who says, you know, he, he did what any aspiring um, artist does when he leaves NYU, he went to law school. So, you know, he knew he really didn't want to do this, but he did. And yeah. he'd work on his art at night. And he said, I would work like ridiculously long hours, yeah. you know, 12, 14 hours and come home. And my stress relief would be yeah. working on my art.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and then sort of thinking, okay, well, is there a way to monetize this? Because yeah. it's always, you know, the, the goal is always find something you love and then find a way to monetize the thing you love. And so, he started making which was actually in 2003 2004 he started making a an art blog which was actually sort of innovative at the time That's that wasn't right. a popular thing and he would take photographs of his art and write little descriptions and people would email him and commission him to make small pieces for their spouse their colleague and right. he would make you know it was sort of interesting and he'd make these pieces and then one day his website crashed and like he said to me, Amy, I'm not being you know metaphorical here. Like literally, my website crashed, and he realized he had so many hits on the on the site that it could actually turn into a viable yeah. uh, economic possibility. Yeah. And so, but but just working on it in those small steps helped make the position he hated more palatable, and and so he really just sort of tried to figure out how do I channel um, what I'm doing for stress relief from this job that's really that's really burdensome. And yeah, it can only be small. Maybe it's only small nuggets of time. Maybe it's just a couple of hours on a Saturday or Sunday at first, um, until you can start to carve more time and until you can figure out a way to make it a more financially viable solution.
1: I, and, I, and I, stop I,
0: thinking it has to replace your salary. Cause that's a whole, I don't know if you want to talk about that now, but that's a whole nother
1: inquiry. Yes. So, I do. I want to get, to <laughs> money. and then I've got another question about writing and then I want to let you go. Uh, but to the part about the side, uh, the, the side gig, um, there is this, this feeling within people in general, but definitely within attorneys, which is I get all the time all right, Casey, what what, what job am I going to go to? Where am I going go? right. right. go to go? Dev, am I going to technology? Where am I going? And and right. I have to say, and I often don't work with those people, is right. there's a lot of work we have to do. It's not right. going to take years, but it may take a few weeks or a month really set that foundation. What are you good at? Because I don't want you jumping from a job you don't like being a lawyer. That's right a job, a non-law job you don't like. Right. Um, But there's that, so there's that tendency to want to just know what the future is going to hold. Right. And we need to kind of back away from that. Um, Right. And you're right. It's not just get away from Facebook or stop watching the game. There's minutes where you can start visualizing your life or taking your iPhone recorder and just going for a walk and talking about ideas of things that you want to do. I like poker. I like learning Russian. I like jewelry, whatever it is. Um, And taking those baby steps now and and building building that momentum. Right. Um, Okay. Money. Money. So- big loans, golden handcuffs. How do I replace my salary? Yeah. I I don't have a, a a spouse that I can lean on. I've got kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm a a lot of anxiety about money. Discuss.
0: Right. So, so yeah. So here's the magic solution. No, I don't have it, (laughs) but, but, but here's what I have found having been away from the practice of law for seven years. And, and I always say, you know, I, I did something a lot of people think is crazy. And I left a really coveted, really lucrative yes. position um, at a law firm. I d- and I can tell you two things. I have never replaced that salary in dollar amounts. And I have never regretted it. And I, I say that in all honesty. A couple. The, the thing I tell people is obviously there's no one answer. And I do know people who have had to wait, who have had to wait until kids are through college, until certain financial personal situations have settled themselves so that they can even be in a position to think about downsizing their income. And, and you may have to downsize and you may, you may have to downsize your home. You may have to downsize your car. You may have to downsize your lifestyle, but, and, and if that is not palatable to you, then you may not want to leave. But think to yourself, you really have to ask yourself the question, if there are things you are spending money on that you don't need to be spending money on, that you are spending money on to self-soothe because you work in a profession that you are not enjoying, and I was certainly doing that. Yes. I was spending money on vacations and on clothing and on things that I didn't need because on dinners out on to, to, to reward myself yeah. <laughs> for this lifestyle that I no longer enjoyed. And so there's a whole category of expenses really that was able to fall away. Yeah. And so that is really important to, to really take a good long look at. Um, and the other thing that I say is instead of, saying, well, I make X amount of dollars, so I have to find a new position that makes X amount of dollars. Ask yourself instead, what is your number? What is your number that you need? Is yeah. it not X? Is it X minus some number? And and come up with the realistic number, not and don't have it be, because we lawyers are so used to billable hours, and we're paid yeah. what we're worth, right? That's what we think. We Well, I'm worth a certain amount of money, and this is what I need to be paid. And and we need to get away from that because you're not, that you're not tied to how much money your worth is not tied to how much money you make. So yeah. your billable hour does not define your worth. And when you step out of that role, yeah. instead of saying I'm worth this amount of mu- this much money, so this is what I need to make, um, instead say to yourself, how much money do I need to need.
1: make? Yeah. What's
0: my number? Right. Come up with that number. And I did that in the startup world because. As I was transitioning away and as I was turning my startup freelance gig into a full-time gig, and that actually was my full-time job for a while until I got two book contracts. Right. Um, that was my interim gig. And I, I, at one point, was sitting down with the VP to negotiate my new salary. And I did that ahead of time. I said, in my head, what's my number? It's not my scaden salary. Because he came to me and said, I can't offer you your Scadden salary. Right. And I said, I know that. And I, and I came in my head and I said, what? What is my number? And when I came into that conversation with, with my number, I was able to negotiate with him a realistic salary.
1: That's right. You know, it's a great point. I've seen it in people I've worked with. I had a big law in New York. Uh, he left. He's had a great role. He just loves right now. Left litigation, burnout, the firm. The, I mean, just the, the standard, typical issues. And we went through that process as well. Well, if I go here, there was an, there was a, an opportunity we saw, and the money was a lot less and then he went to his partner, talked through things. They had some very tough discussions with an Excel forecaster I helped them with. Um, and it was three weeks of, Ugh. And then they got through it. And they realized yeah. certain things that they totally needed and could stop spending on. They were able to. They realized how happiness in this job would sort of trump getting a new fill in the expense here. Um, still making good money, but realizing that they didn't need it all. And Yeah. The other thing that I think about, and this is a great point about what is your number, because if you think about, well, I need that number. You're already there's already going to be a delta. But is the understanding that there is so much money to be made beyond a lawyer? There's there's equity you can get in companies. There are business development roles, marketing roles, technology roles, engineering roles. You name it, where the salaries are are pretty good. Yeah, if yeah. not very good right? And there's bonuses yeah. and so on. And so, uh, you know, we have this feeling that the only way to make money is to charge six, 800 an hour and be right to make 300 an hour and be billed out at 800 an hour. And it's, it's not the case. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. No, I totally agree.
1: Good. I like it. What I want, don't want people to think about is stop buying your Starbucks latte. Uh, don't, you know, you have to Airbnb at your house and you have to live on the roof. I mean, it, it's a lot of financial experts say cut that out and that's just not an enjoyable life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I
0: totally agree. And okay. also you've said, you've said, uh, and I know I've read, I've read this from you and I think it's a great point is it doesn't, you don't have to wait until your student loans are paid off. Yeah. You don't have to say, Oh my God, I can't leave until my student loans are paid off. And yeah. Who cares? Make your student loan payment alongside your car payment and everything else. That's right. Stop That's right. letting that be the albatross that keeps you from moving forward.
1: Absolutely right. Okay. Last question. Amy, you've been fantastic. Will you come back? We'll have you back again 100%. on another yes. one. Good. Yes. Good. Yes, definitely. I know people will ask. I know Adam wants, when he's back, he wants to talk to you. So um, awesome. we'll talk more about this. Uh, have no fear listeners. Amy will be back. You're a successful author. Uh, So many attorneys attorneys have a book in them, right? I have one in them that I want to write. So many have it in them. Um, What do, we've talked about dipping your toe in, baby steps, volunteering, doing on the side, but what do attorneys, any type, big law, solo, whatever they are, um, those that really want to write a book what 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 are some baby steps for them? how do they get started what should they keep in mind and they all are thinking about the book cover and you know when yeah. they get published but what what's the process like what should they keep in mind just to put pen to paper
0: yeah um so writing so writing a book the right the publishing industry well there, there's two things there's the art of writing and there's the business of, of publishing um and so there. and the two are very different and so um, I love to write, and I love writing, um, and the, the business of publishing ha- is, it has, is challenging. And, um, and you, as a lawyer, have a lot of advantages from that point of view, and, um, and, but also need to be realistic, because I do speak to a lot of lawyers who say, this is great, you wrote a book, I want to write a book, and I always say to them, then do it, then you should yeah. definitely do it. But then I just take a deep breath and say, but let's just talk about what you're getting into because, um, and someone told me this, you know, I was always a creative writer. I always loved creative writing. And as I said, I was English philosophy major. So I was always taking my sort of creative writing classes alongside my philosophy of law classes. And then at one point I had a friend who was a couple of years ahead of me, came back to college to visit, and he was in law school already. And I had just bombed like an American lit exam. And he said to me, what do you care? Because, uh, you know, you can't, you can't pursue creative writing. You're going to be a lawyer and you can't pursue creative writing alongside legal writing. It's totally different kind of writing. And if you're going to be a writer, you need to learn to write like a writer and not try to keep this creative writing path going. And I, I listened to that and I took that to heart and I really did put my creative writing aside. And I never wrote in my own voice again. After that, I, I focused on, pre-law classes and i wrote like a lawyer for the next right and i always think about that because there are and i really didn't start writing in my own voice again until i took that sabbatical and i started to and i didn't leave to write a novel but i did get this idea for a novel and so i started writing it on the side and i wrote it over the course of about three or four years yeah but legal writing i was there i was a professional writer before when i was practicing law but legal writing is a totally different kind of writing so you have to find your own voice and you have to No matter what genre you're writing, even if you're writing nonfiction, you have to find your voice. And, and, and that is going to take you a little time and you need to be patient with yourself and you need to write. If not every day, you need to write regularly. It is like a muscle and you do hone it. And, um, you need to take writing workshops and you need to eat a little humble pie. Like I thought, well, I know how to write, you know, and um, you have to take writing workshops and you have to talk about character arcs and you have to sort of learn how to plot out if you're going to write fiction, a novel, Um, nonfiction sort of, you may have a little bit of a um, leg up on as a a lawyer. Um, And so you have to sort of be willing to to understand that this is, this is something that's, this is a process. If you want to write and never have it see the light of day and never have it published, then you should never let anything stand in your way. But if That's you right. want to actually write commercial fiction or nonfiction, um, then you should, like you know like any other profession you might go into, have take the steps to yeah. plan and prepare for it. And yeah. um, so I always say that if you think you have a book in you and you want to write, absolutely you should do it. But you should also really sort of take the time to understand what that really means.
1: That's right. And when it comes out, just write start writing Sunday afternoon or just, just do five, 10 minutes and just write.
0: This is how books, you know, and, um, Anne Lamott who wrote a really fabulous book on writing, which is called bird by bird. She talks about exactly that. Just sort of like, you really just have to put one word in front of the other. And, and that's how you start. Right. And everybody writes, um, you know, if you think that your favorite writers are just sitting down and writing their book linearly and, and it's beautiful and perfect and needs very little editing, you're totally wrong. Nobody writes like that. We write drafts upon drafts upon drafts. And as a lawyer, you should actually, this should comfort you because you're used to this, right? You're used to hard work and you're used to putting the time in. And so, um, like I said, my first novel I wrote over the course of three or four years, but only because I was writing it in such fits and starts while I was doing other things. And I, and I was learning, you know, I was really learning what it was to craft a novel and I was going to writing workshops and I was meeting some really fabulous writers who were, who were great mentors to me. But, um, but as the process has gone on, I've seen that, you know, there's, there's, there's no way to start writing other than by writing. There's no way to start. So you have to start putting the words on the page.
1: And when I write a weekly blog post at leavelawbehind.com, I, I'll sit there for on a Monday and say, oh God, I have to write. It becomes a book report. And then I, I just get in the zone and I start writing. And I'll tell you, three, 85, 89% of that is garbage. It's just yeah. blah. And then there's yeah. that 11%, which I start to like, resonates with me. I flesh out more. I get it tight. And that's what I run with. And I think Absolutely. We know that know from memos and, and briefs and everything that we put together, it's not so different. You just, you just need to do it.
0: That's right. Absolutely. No, absolutely.
1: Great. Amy, you've been fantastic. Thank Thank you you so much. Everybody, Lawyer Interrupted with the ABA. It's on Amazon. We're going to have Amy back. Amy, last words. There are people here who are nodding, who are still anxious, living miserable lives. You can't believe they want to leave the law after they put 5, 10, 15, 20 years into it inspiration, parting thoughts, hopes, what, what should they go away with thinking?
0: Yeah. Again, I, I do think two things, um, don't, you know, plan for it a bit. Don't run out the door without it, without an exit strategy. Um, but don't be persuaded that you're giving up so much by transitioning to a new path you're gaining and you have to really focus on that. And, um, and you have to really retrain your mindset to understand that you can move on from something you used to do without the, the former path being a complete waste of time. It really can feed the next step of your journey.
1: It is. It, it, it's you're not, you still have the return on investment. You're not yeah. throwing something down the drain. It's that step to the, to the next development in your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Great. Um, all Amy's info is going to be below on the links, com. Lawyer Interrupted. Um, thank you again for being a member of, of Love or Leave podcast community. We are so happy to have you. Uh, Amy will be back. Adam will be back. And uh, really, everybody, thank you so much for being part of the community. We're taking baby steps and we're doing it together. So thank you. We're happy to have you. And thank you, Amy. Thank you.